3: This edition of Plump Business is brought to you by the 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expos coming August 3rd and 4th to Miami, Florida. We hope you'll join us there for the show. It's only days away. Join us and learn more at usccexpo.com. Again, usccexpo.com. We're glad to have you here with us on the program. We talk about what many of the cannabis markets are keeping their eyes on. And people have been asking lately here on this program about how And when Illinois will be the next big market for cannabis in the U.S.? Well, my guest is an Oregon-licensed cannabis grower, processor, and wholesaler who firmly supports cannabis legalization in Illinois and social justice in Illinois, but sees major flaws in the approach to a recent legalization bill that has been passed. He's been following the story closely because he was originally was in Illinois, Illinois, and he should have talked to us, the chairman and CEO of Green Star Growing LLC, Jonathan Loiterman. Jonathan, thanks for joining us.
0: Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to be here.
3: Uh, good morning, th- and also afternoon for all those that might be listening, wherever you might be listening and how you might be listening. Let's talk about why you would be such an important person or so uh, qualified to speak on the subject. Now, prior to Green Star, you were an attorney for nearly a decade for the Chicago firm of Lois and Gellin. You chaired for the health law section of the Illinois State Bar Association. You've written numerous published articles on the subject. You were a coordinator, moderator, and speaker multiple times in front of the Illinois State Bar. You spoke about the compassionate use of medical cannabis pilot program to the Chicago Hospital Risk Management Society says you're qualified what compelled you to stay on the case to see legalization become reality in illinois
0: well the first thing is i i can't take any credit for legalization in illinois Uh, and i know folks like dan lynn at illinois normal have worked for many years to make all this possible possible uh and uh, legalization is an important step forward in illinois um for me uh, I've maintained interest in Illinois because I grew up there. My family is, are, is from Illinois, I'm from Illinois, uh, my investors are from Illinois, and many of those folks are from uh, rural parts of the, parts of the state, uh, and we really wanted to uh, give an opportunity for folks in rural parts of Illinois to participate in the 21st century economy. Uh, there's lots of things like tech and PC and internet and mobile and all these things and a lot of these developments have left folks in rural areas behind. Cannabis is something that offers a unique opportunity for a high-growth, high-margin industry where people in rural parts of a state like Illinois could really participate, and I think it could be a game-changer there in the way that it has in Oregon.
3: Now, to give uh, those of you that you were not aware of what happened, with a bipartisan vote of 66 to 47, this is a story from the Chicago Tribune, the House approved the bill, passed by the Senate, and Governor J.B. Pritzker would go ahead and sign a bill that he's calling the most equity-centric approach in the nation. Uh, saying it would have a transformational impact on the state, creating opportunity in communities needing it most, giving so many a second chance. Now, in this bill, it is said that an Illinois cannabis legalization bill would allow up to possession up to 30 grams and five plants grown at home. The law would not only legalize adult use in Illinois for residents 21 and over, it would also include a $20 million low-interest loan program to promote social equity and business ownership and expungement of misdemeanor and Class four felony marijuana convictions. Now, what do you think about, as I just mentioned, what the bill covers, which sounds like it covers a lot, and I'm not sure what uh, how many more limitations or how much the bill really has help the community to really get the Illinois marijuana market off and running, how does it compare against other bills that have been passed in other legal states?
0: So in terms of the possession limits and how much folks have, are, are able to have and use, it's pretty comparable to other states. Uh, the home grow provision, which was in, originally in a, an earlier version of the bill, uh, eventually got trimmed down to uh, just uh, medical patients. So, uh, if you're an, over 21 and you don't have a medical card, you would not be able to home grow uh, under the version of this bill that's that's passed. Uh, and although I'm an advocate for home grow, I think folks should be able to do it regardless of whether they have a um, uh, a, med- a medical card or not. The base what what this means for cannabis consumers and cannabis users is good uh, in the sense that. They are going to see something very similar to what exists in states like Colorado and Oregon and California from a a consumer standpoint. Uh, The issues that I take with this bill have to do with the uh, structural uh, implications of the bill and how the, the licensing works.
3: So let's go ahead and do this. We're going to step away to a quick commercial break. We'll go ahead and go more into what the bill entails. And we'll talk more here with Jonathan Leuterman about Green Star growing. And we'll get a little chance to learn about what he's doing in Oregon and why they moved over to Oregon for what he's doing now. So we'll talk about that coming after the break. But first, got to talk to you about the USC Expo that's coming into Miami August 3rd and 4th. Now, again, we have been talking about this for months here and i really need to put the push out here for all of you to join yours truly and the rest of the cannabis radio team we have a lot of hosts from the network that will be joining us our host of uh, our brand new show plant profits burt miller he'll be at the show our host of the concierge for better living uh, doc rob dr rob Streisville, he'll be joining us as well of course uh we have lots of great speakers going to be at the event i know that we have uh some that are still yet to be announced that we have not put the public announcement on and we're keeping them towards the last minute. But again, everything from cultivation to branding and towards the mainstream and for how cannabis is being portrayed in the mainstream media to pets, to medical evaluation education. There's just so much to go and learn about doctors. We hope you'll join us for our physician training and certification program. You could take the exam on Friday, August 2nd and really, if you want to take the exam, you're welcome to to become a certified medical marijuana physician. Patients, all weekend long, we will have medical doctors on site so that we can evaluate you so you can quickly and easily get your medical marijuana card at a great price. When you know how much it is to get a Florida medical marijuana card these days, to get the break is very important, very helpful. Education, speed networking, powerful keynotes, a very interactive exhibitor space awaits you at the 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. It's August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida. Log on to USCCExpo.com. Secure your tickets today. Back with John, Jonathan Leinemann here on Blunt Business after this. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Cannabis industry professionals want to gain some new leads? make genuine business connections and get premier brand exposure this is your opportunity ncia's new industry socials are coming soon to portland Maine, new jersey pittsburgh baltimore and miami sponsorship opportunities available register today hey take a look at this they're selling
2: smart pots
3: (laughs) they have pot that can make you smart where is it not that kind of pot
2: I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com.
3: Welcome back. I'm here with Jonathan Leuterman, the chairman and CEO at Green Star Growing, LLC. Also is a former lawyer practicing in the state of Illinois. And we're here to go ahead and talk more about the Illinois legalization bill that just recently passed. Let's talk about more of the rules behind it, Jonathan under these rules now no new large-scale commercial growers will be permitted to set up shop here at least for now as so the focus would be on small craft growers with an emphasis on helping people of color become entrepreneurs in the in the cannabis industry in addition adults will be allowed to grow up to five plants per household we said it has to be in a locked room out of public view with the permission of the landowner now why are these caveats in place and are there any cannabis business owners, or large owners, that are already looking to set up shop that are now locked out?
0: Uh, absolutely, and there's a bunch of issues that you brought up uh, to unpack here. You know, you talked about, a little bit about social justice. You talked a little bit about you know public view, uh, and so, and you talked a little bit about some of, some of the licensing things. Uh, and I'd like to touch on all all of that, and so. In terms of social justice, I certainly, you know, I support the goals of this of this bill in terms of uh, providing opportunities for people who were harmed by pro, by prohibition. Uh, and although uh, you did mention people of people of color, the bill doesn't actually specify that, and it can't specify that because that would be unconstitutional for the bill to specifically provide benefits to a particular uh, ethnic or, ra- or or racial group. And so, what the bill does. Uh, is it gives advantages to uh, people that have been convicted of crime, arrested, or con- convicted or charged with uh, crimes that are el- eligible for insp- expungement under the bill. Um, it also gives gives that fo- gives those folks, as well as people who live in uh, what are called disproportionately impacted areas, uh, a- a- a additional points uh, on a scoring system where their applications will be scored. But doesn't necessarily mean people of color and the definition of a disproportionately area, uh, it's not clearly specified in the statute. It's actually a decision that would be made by the Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity uh, under this bill. And so what it means is that it would, it's not politicians in Springfield that are making this decision, it's it's, uh, bureaucrats uh, that are unaccountable that are making the decision of what qualifies as a disproportionate impact, disproportionately impacted area. There are some economic parameters that constrain this, but uh, I think a lot of folks are looking at this and they given Illinois' history, they're thinking the fix is in. Illinois has a, a, a well-earned reputation for uh, political corruption and license selling. In fact, one of the politicians uh, who supported this bill and actually was a, was a co-sponsor uh, and subsequently, retracted her sponsorship of the bill because she's in, under investigation for essentially selling access to licenses uh, for these. And so,
3: let's talk about that part the right there. I want to you just come here right into my next question. So, uh, we're talking about Senator Patricia, Patricia Van Pelt, Chicago Democrat, removed as a co-sponsor about this report she was selling tickets to her get rich quick seminars where she offered investment tips on hot cannabis stocks so in other words she was basically caught selling access to the program before the rules had been even been passed before the application forms had even been drafted so now she stepped down as a co-sponsor hasn't committed to abstain from voting on the issue which i don't know if she did or not and agreed to divest herself of her interest in a cannabis industry she had planned to have licensed in illinois According to a summary from Pritzker's office – sorry, I'm all about content here, or context here, Jonathan uh, – permit fees would be $100,000 for growers and $30,000 for retailers with lower fees for applicants – from minority areas disproportionately affected by convictions in the war on drugs. There would also be a business development fee of 5% of total sales or $500,000, whichever is less, for cultivators, and up to $200,000 for dispensaries with lower fees for social equity applicants. Uh, Now, cultivators, uh, actually, I'll get back to the rest of that in a second, but uh, so far, it's so much red tape they're putting here And already so much corruption, which I guess that's nothing new for the city of Chicago and for the state of Illinois these days. Are you surprised by all this going on and why this was all happening underneath everybody's nose? Uh,
0: You know, I'm I'm disappointed, but I I can't say that I'm surprised. Uh, This is, you know, from my experience, things went down in a very similar way in the medical program in 2015, which is that they had a limited number of licenses Available for the medical program uh, and those 20 licenses that were available that's all people applied for them they were none of the scores were ever released to anybody uh, and uh, maybe a half a dozen companies got all of the licenses. so it wasn't even you know one license for 20 different groups it was a bunch of you know a handful of companies got all all the licenses those licenses will be grandfathered in essentially to a status for which no one else will even be able to apply until 2021. And when they do, there will only be 10 of those uh, cultivation center licenses that the legacy medical growers have. The details are important on this because the legacy medical cannabis growers, they will have the ability to have 100,000 square feet of, of indoor canopy per license. Several of them have two or three licenses, which gives them Two or three hundred thousand square feet of canopy. By comparison, the craft grower licenses are only allowed a, a, eventually a maximum of five thousand square feet, and they can only have one such license. So, if you add up all the numbers for how uh, how many licenses there are and how many square feet they have, you have a situation where one individual company, like uh, one individual company that's a leg- legacy, or a couple of them, will have more individual. Co- co- Uh, Cultivation capacity than all of the craft growers combined, at least initially. There's some terms in the bill that give the Department of Agriculture the ability to adjust this slightly, but it never strays from from giving the legacy medical growers a massive uh, dominance in the production and distribution of cannabis in the state of Illinois. And what you're really talking about with these craft grower licenses is a second class license for second class citizenship in this new market that because if you're limited to 5,000 square feet of canopy, no matter what you do, you cannot unseat the dominance of those existing players. They are going to be the winners here and and nothing that you can do in the marketplace is ever going to change that because the law will prevent you from scaling your business, no matter how successful you are. Uh, And those, those guys who are largely secret, the law protects them. (laughs) <laughs> from having their information disclosed. They may have t- changed this or adjust this a little bit, but uh, the bill hasn't passed yet. The governor of Illinois has uh, very sophisticated veto powers to line item veto. So we'll have to see what final form this bill is in. Uh, but there's tremendous cause for concern about uh, the fact that the supply of cannabis would be so concentrated uh, in, in, in Illinois and that despite the talk about you know how this is going to create opportunities for people it's really not creating opportunities for them on a level playing field it's putting them in a second class position
3: oh totally behind
0: but not le- legacy players
3: this has been thir- it's almost two weeks to the day that the bill was passed in the house after the Senate did and the governor promised this why is it taking so long for him to sign it I think that
0: there was a bunch of very large initiatives that were on the governor's plate. There was a sports betting bill. Uh There was a a multi-billion dollar infrastructure package. Uh, They had to pass a budget, which in Illinois is always a very contentious matter uh, because the company has been uh, hammered or the the company, the state has been hemorrhaging money uh, and they've got big budget problems and they're trying to, budget problems, at least in part, on the back of the cannabis industry. And I and guess another with the, reason to be
3: concerned. Looking okay. on the outside, looking in, uh, I go with the Jesse Smollett case and the uh, issues with, regarding the U.S. To, uh, attorney there. I guess that would also be another portion of the uh, issue because he's also spoken out about that as well. Uh,
0: you know, I, I guess I wouldn't speak to the, to, to the Josie Smollett case. I can't. No, I'm just saying his involvement.
3: That, but it's another thing he might have to handle on top of the sports betting, on top oh, of sure. the budget. Yeah. I but uh, and you know but people are the asking for it. Office. Yeah, and I just it's, I'm sorry. for me it's a lot of things. A lot of safeguards I feel like are just over the top. Number one, let's talk about a couple of those because I just saw some of the other things. It's just I mean, really, so much going on here. The bill also supposed to allow. employers to allow, maintain a zero tolerance policy for cannabis in the workplace, create a task force to the Illinois State Police to examine ways to enforce DUI laws. So again, that's going to probably get taken over the top. Local governments will have wide ranging control over zoning for marijuana related businesses, including the ability to prohibit them. And then you have the part that is the tax problem, which is another issue cultivators and processors would pay a 7% of gross sales to dispensaries, consumers a 10% sales tax on products with less than 35% THC, 20% for all cannabis-confused products, such as edibles, 25% sales tax on products with more than 35% THC, such as concentrated extracts known as shatter and wax. This is ridiculous. Is this just typical of what happens in the state? I mean, when you thought this bill was getting put together and you were, you know, sitting behind advocating and pushing for this legislation to come in and lobbying for it, in more words, are you surprised they put all this in here to make sure they got a great cash grab to make it really hard for you to be comfortable to consume it?
0: Uh, I think, you know, again, I would say I'm disappointed but not surprised. And even states that are as progressive as Oregon on, on issues like this, they yeah. still have – you know, they tried to pass, and the bill failed in Oregon this year. A bill that would have limited employers' ability to discipline or terminate employees for off-hours use uh, for for cannabis. A lot of people are afraid that, you know, their taxi driver, or their doctor, or their lawyer, or some other professional is going to be is, is going to be intoxicated uh, when they're doing when, when they're doing their job, and you know that can still happen. And there's plenty of reasons for people to be um, for people to be disciplined for, for that if they're not able to do their job. But that's that's par for the course everywhere. The same with the zoning. Uh, you know, lots of of of, of municipalities, uh, even in Oregon, still have the ability to ban licenses outright in their in their jurisdiction. Uh, cannabis, although it's progressive and a lot of things have happened because it's remains uh, when legalization happens, legalization doesn't mean, well, we're going to treat cannabis like corn or soy or soybeans. No. It means that we're going to regulate it to the maximum extent that politicians can come up with. And so it tends to be subject to the worst abuses of government. No, it tends shit. to be subject to, Overreach at every possible angle. So you've got the, the, the you know the taxes that are very high. You've got zoning regulation. You've got employer regulation. You've got you can't use it in public. You can't you know um, even say in, in in Oregon. And I think this is probably years away in, in a state like like uh, Illinois is social consumption. So in in in, in Oregon, uh, there's nowhere that there's that you can go that's something like a bar or a nightclub where you can consume cannabis with other people. Uh, indoors. There's a few exceptions for private clubs and things like that. But for the most part, that experience doesn't exist for most people in legal, in legal markets. And certainly Illinois doesn't, doesn't allow anything of this of, of the sort. Um, and so, you know, there's, even though we have fought for legalization, I think um, maybe what the, the term that I like is normalization, which is <laughs> that, okay, cannabis may be legal, but it's still so regulated. It's still so controlled uh, that it doesn't, Feel all that much like freedom. It still it still feels like a lot of control. Uh, we're of course I'm very grateful for legalization. I think it's a wonderful step forward. Despite my criticisms of the bill in Illinois, we can fix these things through the democratic process in the in the future. And on balance, you know, legalization is better than uh, than continuing to imprison people uh, and ruin people's lives and break up families over. You know, simple possession and that sort of thing. So I do think the bill is a step in the right direction, but, you know, we've talked about a lot of, a lot of consequences here. Uh, One other thing I wanted to touch on was you brought up the taxes.
3: Yeah.
0: Tax regime in Illinois, very complicated, lots of different rates for different types of products. They have different uh, size limitations uh, for in-state versus out-of-state. I think they may have a different tax, 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 tax. Very difficult to implement. Very complicated, yeah. uh, and you know the issues that I brought up with the supply uh, indicate, you know, would suggest with the basic economic theory that you're going to see very high uh, prices in Illinois. You already do in the medical program. Illinois has one of the uh, highest spot prices for cannabis in the country right now. And when you're going to limit supply uh, and you're going to control that supply, and it's very small number of hands. Uh, you're going to see relatively limited adoption of of the legal markets. And this is what we've seen in some states like California, which is not quite as where the supply isn't regulated, but they have really high taxes in California. And when it's over-regulated and over-taxed, a lot of consumers just say, I'm going to continue to buy from my dealer. I don't need to mess with this. I don't want to pay you know, a, a huge, a huge. Well, Jonathan, it's, a, it's a problem with every state that
3: has, I'll tell you, because when it comes to California, we've talked about that a lot about everything from the issues with black markets still being a problem with illegal grows with those that are just being listed on, on uh, dispensary apps <laughs> to be noticed as, as you know, as a uh, dispensaries to go to and a lot of, a lot of cracking down. And I'll tell you, I, I, I mean, you know, yes, mark the abacus, you know, let's go ahead and mark another state off number 11 for the state of uh, Illinois to become legalized for cannabis in the country out of 50. And the history of Illinois and cannabis has been something else. 1931 prohibition, Yeah, you know, the 1978 Control Act, which allowed for medical marijuana, but action was required by two state departments, human services and the state police never happened. 2013, the pilot program, which you were definitely a part of and uh, helped get into play then decriminalization 2016 then the proposal of this bill in 2017 medical cannabis expansion last year and now we're here and the other thing i have a problem with is something that i don't understand hasn't been done yet i have a question about who's going to be regulating this I want to talk about that with you coming up after the break and a little bit about Green Green Star growing. I want to talk about with you in just a moment, but we'll go ahead and continue here in just a second. The mind-boggling case of Illinois legalization of cannabis here on Blunt Business. Again, you're being exposed to the truth and the real story behind it, which is, you know, oh, hey, got legalized. Yay. But, man, there are so many things behind this in the normal construct of Illinois politics and law enforcement that – Again, like you said, not surprising, and I agree with you, Jonathan. So we'll be back here with Jonathan Luterman in just a moment with more Blunt Business after this. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. That's p o u c h z dot com.
2: Hey, take a look at this—they're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart. Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out.
3: garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. I hope you
2: didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com.
3: Back with final questions with Jonathan Lloyderman here on Blunt Business. So Governor Prisker, besides the fact he has not signed the bill, which okay, we'll give benefit of the doubt. There's obviously some other things on his plate, what he also hasn't done yet, he has not appointed who would become a cannabis regulation oversight officer, who would recommend changes to the law and rules and would coordinate regulation among the departments of agriculture, revenue, financial and professional regulation, state police, public health, commerce and economic opportunity, and human services. Are you surprised we haven't seen the formation of any kind of a cannabis control board or any health services being evolved as of yet?
0: I think that, you know, a lot of the appointment, uh, appointment process is going to occur after the bill the bill uh, is signed by the governor. I do expect the governor to, to sign it um, probably this week. Um, but the, the appointment would, of, of, of an authority like that would come after the bill was signed. Uh, but it's important to talk about, you know, what it, the significance of having uh, an authority like that, because there is no, cent- there, you know, the Illinois law does not contemplate a central uh, regulatory authority for cannabis, cannabis regulation is farmed out. Different pieces of it are farmed out to different agencies, uh, which is pretty inefficient and is likely to create a lot of confusion. I think the legislators in Illinois recognize that and they try to, they, they, the, the bill has a concept of this sort of czar position that is going to keep the Department of Agriculture and the Illinois Department of Financial Professional Regulation uh, and some of the other agencies that are involved here in law, en- law enforcement all on the same page. But uh, I think the legislators really underestimated how difficult and complex cannabis legalization is. Uh, the bill really deals with a lot of the pie-cutting issues about who's going to get the money and who's going to get the licenses and all these things. But it doesn't say a lot about things like uh, testing and labor standards and you know, safety in the industry and what kinds of products. You know A lot of that stuff is being left to the regulators uh, and how much authority this czar is going to have considering that he's coming from outside of those agencies. It's a big question uh, about how that is going to work with the different personalities that are running those agencies and how they're going to inter- interface with this program director uh, and what authority he's really going to have to tell them to change policy inside of an organization that he's not a part of or he or she uh, is not a part of um, It's a serious concern, and it's one of the reasons why, you know, uh, cannabis is so difficult uh, to implement, uh, because you necessarily are going to have all these different pieces uh, of of the government that are touched by this, uh, and their efforts need to be coordinated, and they need to be well considered. Uh, They've done some things with this. I think... um, You know, Oregon has a pretty good approach with this, uh, in that that a lot of authority with this is vested in the Oregon Liquor Control Commission, uh, and it's less divided among all these different about setting policy for cannabis. Uh, I think that makes the policy that comes out a little bit more coherent. But we will have to see. Um, It's another important thing about these legislation legislation is you know we're seeing this bill. What this bill is going to do is tell, tell. you know, the Illinois Department of Financial and Professional Regulation, the Department of Agriculture, and other agencies to go and write a bunch more rules to implement this. And we're not going to see those rules for quite some time, and you're probably not going to see those rules be written or published in draft form until later this year, or early 2020. Uh, and almost as soon as those rules are out, the applications are gonna be due. So a lot of things are, are, are happening in, uh, in Illinois cannabis. The bill is just one piece of it. It's gonna be all the implementing regulations and there's gonna be a lot of twists and turns. Uh, and then there's gonna be local regulation. The state empowers local government to uh, put in place zoning standards and other types of issues. Uh, and all of those things are gonna to happen too. And that process is, is uncertain. Uh, from where we stand now, and all those other levels of government, uh, and we're going to watch and see how it plays out over over the next couple of years.
3: Interesting as well as a historical moment for this, that Illinois is going to become the first state to legalize cannabis sales through legislation, which I don't, and nobody else has done. I'm really surprised that it actually happened, but that's something that's very significant. But again, there's so much upside, obviously, with this bill if everything comes in right, because the word is okay. This is $1.6 billion estimated per year to be brought into as revenue by for the government. I mean, listen, it's a cash grab. They're getting all this, but they're making it so hard to go ahead and make this bill really stand out and really flourish because they're leaving out large businesses. They're pushing the social equity portion, which is fine. But then again, there's only so much allowed to grow inside your home. There's only so much that can be done with terms of, how much you could profit because of the amount of taxes, the amount of fees or what kind of things can be done in terms of what law enforcement can do to shut down anybody using it. Like, it's, it's very controlled. It's very authoritarian, I feel like. And it's, I mean, people can say it's, I mean, we're happy that it happened here, but you have to admit this is so handicapping and so... Uh, uh, I feel like we're we're handy, uh, handcuffed from so many different things to be able to do here. So for those big businesses that are out there, you know, the thought of oh, we're going to come in a new market, they got to be disappointed.
0: I think you know the, the there's it's a, it's a double edged sword because you know even though those the, the there's a of folks that want to come into Illinois and even though the program is flawed in terms of the licensing. And I, I think that it's really unfair that you know, the social equity licenses are going to be distributed in this second-class citizen kind of way. I think, frankly, <laughs> I think it's, it's rather insulting uh, for, the, right. for, the, for those people. Um, the flip side of it is that because there's only going to be a limited number of licenses and Illinois is, I think, the fifth most populous state in the U.S., Yeah, uh, it's still going to be a, a, bi- a big opportunity. And I think that's why people are excited about it. I just think it's important for people to step back and look at the whole picture and say, well, yeah, it's great that those craft growers are going to have this huge opportunity, uh, but you know what happens What happens next, which is if they do very, very well and they want to grow their business, the government is telling them, no, you can't. Uh, and I know a 5,000 square foot indoor canopy, if you make a hit product, and you want to distribute it around the, the state of Illinois. You're not going to be able to do it. No. You're going to have to, you know, you're either going to have to buy supply from other people. Uh, if it's processed stuff, you know, you can have a processor license, uh, and the processors are not production limited, but they have to acquire supply in this same market, uh, which includes those legacy medical producers who also are automatically get processing license too. Which means that, as you're a processor, you're probably going to have to buy your supply from your direct competitor very vulnerable position to be in uh and you know is it workable are those licensees going to do well yeah they probably will but it's going to lead to high prices for illinois consumers restricted tax revenues and uh a a a legal market that's that, that is very resilient um because high prices will drive consumers out of the legal regulated markets
3: so i have a million more questions to ask when it's all this it's, it's mind-boggling and baffling and just it it really bothers me and, and, and pains to see what happened here and how this bill got implemented it's I almost feel like it's the way it was compared to how Canada legalized it's the same thing I feel like it's just so much restriction and the kind of freedom for those who were thinking, man, we're going to build the dispensaries in Chicago and we're going to go ahead and take care of the third most populous city in the country, a beacon for many around the world. And I'm like, well, no, we're not going to get like that. And even if we're going to try so much red tape and so many different, we have to play basically business limbo in order to make this work for any company out there. So I can only imagine but, I mean, I'm I'm sure there's going to be some great creativity as to how people are going to try to work around the system to be able to get into this market, because it's very important to get into this market for many out there as we continue to see more chances to, you know, kind of connect the dots around the coast to coast, around the U.S., to get more places to go, hopefully some internet, interstate commerce, things like that can happen down the line between, say, Chicago, Detroit, Illinois and Michigan, things like that. We're waiting. and. For yourself, I guess, still being in Oregon, uh, what can you tell me about, can anything be done in terms of any amendments that will address some of these other issues at all, or is this just going to have to wait to go back to the legislation again? And how uh, how focused are you still going to stay on top of this, I guess, while you're in Oregon? Uh,
0: so there absolutely do you look to? is, and there will be there will be chances to uh, change things in in Illinois. And it's something that I think is the positive about things like this, which is that, you know, I'm hoping that cannabis consumers that are serious about this issue uh, are going to use it uh, as an opportunity to learn about political activism and how the process works and how they can uh, be an advocate for, for, for change, for change with it. Uh, This bill was, you know, was hidden for most people. You couldn't even see this bill until the 7th, uh, and it was passed in, uh, uh, for the, the governor to sign uh, three weeks three weeks later. There's so many things about this bill that we didn't even touch on, and we're not going to be able to touch on in the limited time we have today, uh, that are flawed, that the legislators know that they were flawed, that when they held the hearings on this, they said, essentially, oh, we'll fix that in the follow-up bill. We'll fix that in the follow on bill. And so there's going to be a follow on bill Uh, that addresses a number of things. The state is definitely not done with cannabis regulation because the history shows that there are going to be a bunch of things that are broken, not just in my opinion, but the opinion of the people who the politicians pay attention to. Uh, And so there will be legislation in the future. I think one of the things uh, that I've been advocating, and I would encourage other consumers to advocate, is that Illinois have an open licensing model, model, where anybody who uh gets a license or anyone anyone who wants a license, if you can have, you know, the the local approval and you comply with all the rules about where your site is and you meet certain minimum sensible standards and you pay a reasonable fee, you can have a license and you can compete with everybody else. Uh that tends to be a, a market that, you know, the legacy medical players, they don't want to see that because it means that they're gonna have competition from people that produce products much more efficiently and put higher quality, lower, more, more affordable products than they're producing. They are terrified of that. And that's why they advocated for this bill uh, and they want to keep it that way. But if you really want to provide opportunity for people that were harmed by prohibition, you need to do what Oregon did, which is to tell people, Hey, if you're in the illegal market, come join us in the legal market. We want you to convert your business into a legitimate one. And we're going to provide a path for you to do that. Illinois is telling those people, "Pound sand. We don't want you. We're going to give it to the most of it to these legacy medical companies, and a handful of it is going to be given to, you know, uh, the social justice, uh, social equity applicants yeah. in this round. But the process really." Suggests that the recipients of those licenses aren't going to be the people that were primarily harmed by prohibition. It's going to be people that are very close and very tied in with government, which tends to be not the people, but not the populations that were harmed by prohibition. They tend to not be politically connected folks, uh, and I think that's what you're going to see uh, with some of the licenses on these. I'm going to, we're, you know, we're going to take a good look at what the final rules are. Uh, the statute doesn't lay everything out. There's going to be uh, enabling or enacting leg- uh, regulation by these different agencies. We're going to take a very close look at that.
3: And I'll tell you, um, I think there's a point where something to be said about how the social equity would be, and nobody wants to hear this, but I feel like it's identity to- identity politics being played to the max. And it's, it's unfortunate because it takes away from those that could really and i'm not saying there's not gonna be some good people that'll be able to go and start businesses here and really do something well i mean that's a good head start and i understand that but it should be just be an open forum for everybody to go ahead and make money off of this and this is something they're going to have to work on there's a lot of things to work on here and like you said i hope there are those that are going to learn to be political activists especially with the uh, Illinois government, and they're going to have to be strong and aggressive on trying to get things changed to make sure when this bill is put together and the market is set that a lot of things be put into place and not to leave it at the hands of a czar, if you will, that might just have the best interest of the government and not necessarily of the citizens that ask for this for a long time. So, Jonathan, we're we're running out of time. I've already passed time, so I want to go and make sure to. Take a minute or two to let you talk about what you're doing now in Oregon with Green Star Growing. Again, the website is greenstargrowing.com Take a minute to talk to the listeners about what you're working on these days over there, and what are some of the products you provide?
0: Well, uh, thanks so much uh, for the opportunity to chat a little bit about, about what we do in, uh, with Green Star Growing in sure. Oregon. and We're really focused on um, craft cannabis not as a limitation on our production, but in terms of the quality and authenticity of what we produce. So our flagship product is called Green Star Naturals, uh, and it's a CO2-processed vape, vape cartridge. And our big thing with this is that we don't put anything but cannabis in there. No propylene glycol, no vegetable glycerin, no artificial flavors, no nothing. Uh, and we do a single-process, pro- single full-spectrum oil, uh, which preserves the natural cannabinoid balance and the natural terpene balance of the original flower that we started with, what we produce in these CO2 cards, single strain, single source, uh, and it really captures the uh, the flavor and experience of smoking whole flower cannabis with the safety and convenience of a vape card. Uh, nice. And we're really excited about the process that we've developed with Green Star Naturals, and uh, people really enjoy it. Uh, we've 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 got we've done a bunch of different things. We do. You know, high THC, high THC stuff, but it's not maximized for, for, for high THC. Uh, in order, you know, our big ph- philosophy is: well, if you're producing as high as possible THC, then you're you have to, necessarily you have to get rid of everything else that was in there. Uh, and we think that the marijuana plant and cannabis flowers are a miracle of nature, and we try to respect that as much as possible with Green Star Naturals and how we process uh, the the, the flower uh, in, into this product. The other critical product for us is uh, Travelers. It's our brand of pre-rolls. Uh, and we take a lot of pride in, in uh, engineering how our pre-rolls are put together so that you get a smooth, uh, even burn. And it doesn't burn out while you're smoking it. Uh, and as well as it maintains its, its moisture uh, in the package. We've got a, a special moisturizing disc that gets packaged with all of our all of our joints. And I th- just think they're great products uh, for people that really are cannabis enthusiasts, you know, we're not trying to, you know, we really want to provide great, high-quality products at affordable prices for for, for everyone, uh, and it's really what our goal is, and we want to be really accessible uh, for a lot of folks uh, that are new to cannabis, as well as folks that are uh, enthusiasts and have been using it for many years.
3: Excellent. Very good to hear. So, again, Jonathan Leuterman, uh, again with uh, Green Star Growing, chairman and CEO of Green Star Growing LLC, and also... thank you for taking time to talk about that and also take uh, again thank you for filling us in on the illinois cannabis legalization i'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about that here on the show and hope we get the chance to bring you on back at some point
0: wonderful well thanks so much for having me on it's been a thrill chatting with you uh and i'm very thankful for the opportunity uh and i hope that your listeners will, will will pay heed to what we've talked about and when legalization comes up in their states that they're looking at who's actually writing these bills you know send them emails, send them faxes, send them letters, let them know and how you feel. To make sure to get the word uh, out. They do pay attention Absolutely. to this, this right. stuff. I, I'm so sorry. Uh, we're really so wanna... so
3: behind on time. I must go and cut this short. But thank you, Jonathan, again, for helping out and joining us here on the program. Uh, folks, so again, USccexpo.com Thanks for our wonderful sponsor. Make sure to join us. Miami, Florida, August 3rd and 4th. Again, uscsexpo.com, the 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Thanks for joining us. You can download past episodes. Go to CannabisRadio.com. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. Without
2: the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.